So I hope uh, the body and the mind are catching up with each other and you've had a good night and the uh, rhythm of the day is, uh, is, is beginning and as I said last night it, uh, it carries us along, it's a friendly rhythm, uh, it's important that we, we serve it in a way or we respect it and respect each other, you know, through by being punctual and by being aware of the silence. But uh, those are aspects of uh, discovering really just how benevolent um, the retreat can be for us, how, what it, you know, the, the spirit is there to give us a gift and we are just here to learn to receive it. So I hope uh, you're getting into a re relaxed state and uh, allowing the, um, the, the friendship and the sense of community and the rhythm of the life itself to, to carry you. So in these uh, short talks I'd, I'd like to reflect on the meaning of contemplation. We're here for contemplation, We're, that's our work, that's our business, that's our occupation in these days. And we should, I think, better understand what contemplation means, uh, because we spent a week uh, focusing on it as, uh, as our main priority. I think it's also very important that we carry this awareness with us back into our lives, based on experience, because our world is um, in desperate need of contemplation and for understanding what contemplation means. I had an interesting conversation uh, quite recently with an expert in uh, artificial intelligence and uh, at the cutting edge of, of uh, creating the world uh, in which computers will become more and more a kind of consciousness, a kind of presence in our lives, in our world. Smart highways, smart houses, smart phones, and smart TVs, and smart everything else. Smart things that can make us pretty stupid if we're not careful. <laughs> uh, and, I, and this expert I was talking with was, was not a materialist, and he wasn't saying computers are going to take over from human beings, or unless human beings decide we're going to surrender our humanity and just end up watching screens. Uh, but that isn't, isn't inevitable by any means. We could create a much better, healthier, happier, and more just world with this technology, provided we know how to handle it. And the problem is we're not very good at using the tools we create. So it seems to me all the more necessary that we understand what contemplation is and means uh, in order to be able to use the opportunities of this technology and to prevent the worst dangers that uh, could happen. And that means that we're here to, uh, 
to put the emphasis on our, on our practice, to do the meditation. People sometimes ask, I'm sure they've often asked you, what's the difference between meditation and contemplation? And uh, They're not uh, opposed to each other, obviously. I think you could make a simple distinction by saying meditation is the way we accept the gift of contemplation. Meditation is the work we do, it's the practice we do, there's a discipline in it. And contemplation is the gift we find, the grace we receive. A bit like the two parables of the Kingdom of Heaven, uh, the man who finds the treasure buried in the field, by chance, by grace, and just, oh great, I've found this great treasure now. I wasn't looking for it, but I found it. Uh, But the parable immediately after that is about the merchant looking for fine pearls. And he's doing a job, like us, here. He's just getting up in the morning, and he looks for fine pearls. And when he finds one, he thinks, oh great, I've got a good deal here. I'll sell everything I have and buy this pearl. So these, these are two aspects of, if you like, meditation and contemplation. In the first, contemplation is the treasure we find buried in the field of our heart. But the other aspect of that is our daily life and that we need to, to do the work. We need to get up in the morning and get to our cushion on time. and. Uh, and do the work. So we're reminding ourselves this week, I think, of this relationship uh, between meditation and contemplation. The better to understand what contemplation itself means. And by the practice of this week, we will better understand what contemplation means, and through better understanding, we will be better able to teach and share it, and be a benefit to others. And this is, this is a better way of looking at the purpose of this week. Obviously we are going to benefit one way or another. Maybe the most terrible week of your life, but it will still benefit you. Uh, it may be the most blissful week of your life, and it will benefit you. But the focus is not just upon Uh, the benefit it brings us. The essence of the work is always that it is other-centered. We say the mantra in order to take the attention off ourselves. Our Christian understanding of meditation is that we are leaving self behind and we are following Jesus in the Spirit to the Father. So This other-centeredness, this altruism of the practice is important for us to remember. And it's important particularly because in contemporary spirituality, especially in secular forms of spirituality, where there is a contemplative orientation, as in mindfulness, for example, and other practices. This contemporary spirituality is often very limited. 
and it, it, it prevents us from going the full distance because it cannot see beyond the benefits it brings me. Contemplation is the simple enjoyment of the truth. Not just what it brings me. It's like uh, Jesus, when they asked uh, Jesus, the disciples, um, you know, what about us? What are we going to get out of this? And uh, so he said, you'll get a lot out of this. You'll get houses, you'll get uh, families, you'll get friends, you'll get, you'll get a lot out of this work of following me. But, uh, you know, the point is, is that you don't do it for that reason. If you do it for that reason, then you're not doing it. So this week, I think, I hope we will become more simple, more joyful, and more truthful. So what do we mean by contemplation? The word um, contemplation comes from the Latin and it's a translation through Latin of the Greek word theoria, which sounds like theory. Theoria, however, actually meant vision. It meant seeing. It's related to the Greek word theoros, which means a spectator, and uh, or thea, which means a view, like the view we had this morning as we were doing our walk. It's what we see. It's, uh, I think it gives us also the word theatre, where you are watching a performance. Uh, the deepest root, probably the Indo-European root, behind this word is simply means to perceive, to know, to be conscious, to see. Now this is very different, different from the word theoretical. When we use the word theoretical today, it means something, <coughs> it mean, something not quite definite, it's a, something abstract, something, something uh, tentative, something possible. It doesn't have that sense of immediate perception. It's a theory. But theoria, or contemplation, is not about theorizing in that contemporary sense. The, the Latin word is also very interesting, contemplation. It has the word temple in it, contemplum, contemplare. And the word templum, or temple, mean, or meant originally, the space in which a spiritual work, or maybe the divination of an augury or something, was done. It's the space set out either in, in the sky or on the earth in which this work is done. It's not what you put into the space, 
It's not what occupies the space. It's not the building. It's not the physical temple of Jerusalem or the mosque or the synagogue or the church or St. Peter's. It's, uh, it's the space itself. So this, I think, speaks to us very clearly what we do when we meditate. It's not what we put into the space. It's the spaciousness itself. And the sacredness is the spaciousness. So, it's worth uh, just keeping those meanings in mind when we think about the meaning of meditation and contemplation for today. Because there's been obviously a very big shift of meaning in popular language from theoria to theory, and from contemplation, or from, say, from temple, from meaning from space to building, or contemplation, if you look up uh, the word contemplation in the dictionary, it, uh, it's all about uh, thinking about, or uh, reflection, or pondering. One definition that is terrible definition is religious pondering. <laughs> Not exactly what we think of as meditation. So, these shifts of meaning over time have happened as cultures gradually forgot the original essential meaning and the experience that is at the heart of the meaning. So we forget. And it's reflected in our own personal, gradual drift. I, used, I looked up the word drift in, because in, in different languages, because it's, um, it's an important word. La deriva, I think it is, in Italian. And stromba, I think, in um, Dutch and das Treben in German. So this is the drift, the, the, the way you gradually move away from the direction in which you should be traveling, especially on a boat, on a boat, you know, or if you're driving on a highway and you suddenly start drifting, you start getting sleepy and you start drifting across the lanes. Dangerous, because a small drift at the beginning of the journey could mean that you arrive a long way away from where you are supposed to be going. So over time, this small drift becomes a major problem. And I think we have reached that crisis problem today in our culture. And we can reach it in our personal lives when we suddenly hit the wall one day and say, what the hell is my life about? There's no meaning in it anymore. I, there's something missing in my life that is so important, but I don't know what it is. So we very easily drift, both as a culture and as individuals, from balance and clarity to uncertainty, to wavering, to inaccuracy, to confusion. So, t 
Theoria, or contemplation, is about seeing clearly the vision of God. Remember, we can never see God as an object. So it's a non-objective kind of seeing, or non-dualistic kind of vision or perception. But it is, the best metaphor we have, the most universal one too, is seeing. But we have to be careful about that metaphor, because we think that we're going to see something. But it's the seeing itself that is the experience. It's the seeing itself that is God, actually. And it's the seeing which is itself the work of contemplation. And if you are going to see anything clearly, you require a focal point. A focal point is a point where different lines meet, or rays of light converge. And they converge, like my glasses, if you're wearing glasses, because the lines of light, or lines of vision, have passed through a lens, or through a mirror, and in our meditation, the mantra is like the lens. It simplifies, unifies our power of vision and perception, our power, our capacity, the gift of perception. John Cassian uh, has given us this in our Western Christian tradition. He's a forerunner, of course, of the Jesus Prayer in the Orthodox Eastern, Eastern Christianity. But he, he gave us this, uh, this little way, this little method, uh, which John Main recognized, and which we teach. He reminds us uh, to say the formula, the mantra, when doing any kind of work or service or when you are on a journey. Certainly makes getting through airport security much easier <laughs> if you can say the mantra. You say it when you're sleeping, waking, eating, or doing even the least needs of nature. So when you go for a pee, uh, say your mantra. There's, this is a, a beautiful, practical, and yet sublime insight into contemplation. And made possible by a practice. A contemplative practice is necessary for discovering what contemplation means. Otherwise you'll just get haphazard insights into it, but you won't come to know it or integrate it. And your life will probably not become a contemplative life. You will be constantly hanging on by your fingernails and constantly slipping off, constantly drifting. So we need Normally, we need a contemplative practice 
in a progressive and consistent way, the discipline, which controls the drift that is always the danger, it's the human drift that we see happen to Martha, into distraction. It's, it's the human condition. Not my fault or your fault. We're all, we all have this as part of our mortality, perhaps. It's just part of our humanity. So we need this practice in order to control the drift and to come back to the right path. And that we don't fall into false contemplation or distraction. Think of the mantra always as this lens that unifies and simplifies and focuses. Cassian says, it embraces all the feelings which can be implanted in human nature and can be perfectly adapted to every kind of situation. It's a big claim to make about something as simple as saying your word. In the Cloud of Unknowing, he gives us, the author gives us a, uh, a warning, uh, where he gives us a great encouragement to begin this practice and to integrate it into daily life. He makes an important point in chapter 8 where he says no life is completely contemplative, no life is completely active. Every life is, of course, a combination. But we need this practice in order to keep the balance. And to see that our life is woven as an interdependence of contemplation and action. And that most, the most important element in maintaining this balance for the contemplative such as we are this week is self-knowledge. Not what you know. It's not what other people know about you or tell you. It's about your own knowledge of yourself. Your own self-knowledge is the most important element in keeping this balance. If we don't have it, he says, we very easily drift into false contemplation and he has some funny chapters where he describes crazy people who think that they are really high mystics. They're actually nutcases. <laughs> uh, people who become totally fixated upon their physical sensations or their experiences. What's going to happen in my meditation? You know, how many inches am I going to levitate? Or when am I going to see the light? And you know, all sorts of distractions, false contemplation. And uh, this is the wisdom of the same tradition that John Main passed on, where he tells us, in meditation, nothing happens. So, in other words, don't look for experiences not experiences that matter, it is the experience that matters. So we'll 
reflect a little more in the next few days about the meaning of what we're doing, the meaning of contemplation, and uh, the important thing is to give us ourselves <coughs> that sacred space and that sacred time that we are giving ourselves this week, the templum, the temple of our hearts, and the temple of our community, our friendship. And in that templum, we, we do this work. 